Hi, uh, this is Alex from the future. Well, not your future. You're listening to this after I uh, I record this. Um, but from the future of the podcast you're about to listen to. This was recorded in post. Um, so you're probably going to notice that the podcast you're about to listen to, the audio quality isn't quite as good as what you're listening to right now. Um, this was our first podcast ever, so, you know, we're learning. So I just wanted to jump in here before you start to ask for a little bit of patience. I promise the audio gets better. Um, this episode is short, it's sweet, and, but if it does drive you nuts, feel free to skip to the next episode and, you know, whatever. Uh, but if you can help it, don't, because... There's a lot of good information here that I think you might be interested to hear. That's it. Okay. All right. So, Colby, what is Physiotype? Why did we even title this podcast Physiotype? So, Physiotype is a method that we've come up with. Uh, I'm not going to say a science because it's yet to be a science. Um, that's what we're working on in the background. Physiotype is a method of inferring behavior from facial features, gait, the way someone sounds, the way they walk, physiological traits, and also categorizing people into personality types, um, similar to the way uh, MBTI does. And that's a very high-level explanation of physiotype that we'll go into deeper, I'm sure. Is it safe to say that this is... MBTI, uh, Myers-Briggs, uh, personality types, just with a physical layer to it? I think it's safe to say that as a simple explanation. Yeah, this is uh, Myers-Briggs because each of our physiotypes that we've created map to a mirror Myers-Briggs personality type. So it is the same thing. Um, we go into more detail. We um, are very concerned with cognitive functions. The um, judging and perceiving functions. Um, so yeah, I, th I think that's safe to say at first. And then we can worry about the details as we as we go into this. Okay, okay. So for the people who don't know what Myers-Briggs is or personality types in general, would you mind giving us a brief explanation of who Carl Jung is and how all this started? Yes. First of all, I'm 50% sure his last name is pronounced Jung, 50% sure it's Jung. Um, doesn't really matter, <laughs> um, but basically the, I'm going to kind of give you a, a very brief history of MBTI in general. So it all started with Carl Jung. He was a psychiatrist who was active in the early 1900s. He wrote the red book. And in that red book, um, he mentioned cognitive functions. That's the main thing, um, that he talked about relating to personality types. Um, he actually didn't, even though Carl Jung is the you know, essentially the originator of uh, MBTI, uh, he actually didn't spend a ton of time talking about it. Um, when you read the Red Book, you'll be surprised uh, how little time he spends talking about these functions. Um, and yet, you know, MBTI is what we know today, this huge, massive, extremely popular uh, personality typing thing. So basically, he's the one who started it. Carl Jung, is, uh, he's a genius. He's just amazing. Um, if you don't know much of his works, you should freedom, learn, learn, uh, learn about some of his ideas, super interesting guy. Um, but he's basically, yeah, the, uh, the original curator of, uh, personality typing that, um, and then 
Well, okay. So after that, I'm not a uh, <laughs> expert at MBTI history. So I'm just giving you this high level, uh, basically correct version. Right. So sometime, sometime after Carl Jung, there was uh, Myers and Briggs. So they were uh, Catherine Cook Briggs and her daughter, Isabel Briggs Myers. And they really created MBTI and MBTI flowed from Carl Jung's model. And then later on, um, the person who popularized it probably the most in modern day is David Kiersey. He wrote the books, Please Understand Me 1 and Please Understand Me 2. Um, I'm not sure about Myers and Briggs, but uh, David Kiersey, in his entire book, he never mentions um, the cognitive functions, you know, N-E-N-I-F-D-F-I, P-E-P-I, et cetera, um, which is interesting. So I think as, as history has progressed, we just... As time has progressed, we just move further and further away from the functions, which I think is definitely a, not a good thing. So one thing that Physiotype tries to do, right, is we, we, we bring back the functions to the forefront. I mean, for the listener, it's safe to say we both are very invested in Physiotype in some way or another. So even though I'm the one asking the questions, I'm not coming from this as an outsider. Right? I mean, we, you and I, we've talked about this frequently. No, no, exactly. I... We're trying it this way. We're trying to podcast this way to see, to see if it's a, use, a useful method Q&A. And obviously, you'll have as much to add as I do. But we'll, we'll see how this format works. This, this is a bit experimental. So I'm, I'm not too worried about one way or the other. I think what you said about David Kiersey in his book is very accurate. In my experience, people who come into contact with MBTI either come into contact just via the internet via forums, or through David Kiersey's book. So it's it's significant that his book doesn't mention f- cognitive functions at all, given how integral that was to the original history of MBTI and where it came from, from Carl Jung and the importance that it played in personality types in his books. Yeah, it's, it is amazing. It's disappointing, but that's that's in part why she did exist, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely part of the reason why we even started working on this at all. It's, there's so much missing. I don't know if missing is the right word. There's so much left to be explored in personality type that I think is very difficult to, or if not impossible to explore without integrating functions back into the equation. With all that said and done, what are personality types? So I guess there's, in MBTI, there's 16, right? Because you have introverted and extroverted is the first letter. And you have N or S, F or T, and then P or J, right? Right. So you have it's a you have two options for four, so it's sixteen. Do you think it's true? I, I mean, I would say that in physiotype, we definitely disregard the introverted and extroverted uh, a lot more than anyone else does, and that's the thing that we disregard the most, right? Yes, definitely for sure. I think of all of the different parameters that MBTI uses, at least in my experience, uh, introverted and extroverted parameters are the least influential at least in the behaviors that we look at yeah i would go so far as to say that they don't even exist it's, it's not real so i think i maybe I'm, I'm a little extreme compared to you i don't know but like that's 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 giving yeah. our listeners uh an explanation and understanding of where where we're coming from as far as i and e extrovert and introverted right we agree i think the way i would word it like i do believe introverted and extroverted are real behaviors that people exhibit, but I don't think it's a binary parameter like MBTI has presented it. I do believe that of all the parameters that 
we have borrowed from MBTI, that is probably the one I would most readily put into a spectrum as opposed to uh, a yes or no, a extroverted or introverted friendly. Right? Would you agree with that? 100%. Yep. Right off the bat, that's probably one of the biggest different things that we do. One of the most different things that we do compared to traditional MBTI. Yeah. So we, we kind of view it as like eight personality types. That's that's generally how we'll talk about it. You, you'll you'll rarely hear it say ENTJ or ESFP or ENFP or ESFJ. We're just going to be like SFJs, NTJs, NTPs are like this, you know? Right, exactly, exactly. And it's not because we are ignoring the fact that some people are introverted and some people are extroverted, but rather that we don't find that this parameter in itself is very well connected with personality type it just feels like a separate thing yeah it's, it's not very diagnostic it's not yeah salient very much so we will be using for the most part when we speak eight different personality types for someone who doesn't know anything about personality types, those eight types would be sfp stp stj sfj nfp ntp nfj ntj so that's it it's, it's that simple guys with that in mind, I mean, we'll definitely talk about these personality types more in detail. Uh, how would you define a personality type, though? It's like, what is a personality type? What are these things trying to categorize? Good question. So here's what I would say. Someone who is of a certain personality type is more likely to look a certain way, talk a certain way, walk a certain way and think a certain way. I think that's the explanation that I would give. Um, and, I, and I would like to add that um, it's not that much more likely for them to, to talk a certain way, walk a certain way, speak a certain way. Um, these are averages. Like using physiotype to type a single person, we found, we're not hopeful that, that physiotype is gonna be useful for like inferring a lot about one single person. It's, it, it's more powerful on averages just because the way that you're raised, your culture, free will, those things are generally larger influences on all those uh, properties I mentioned than physiotype, in my opinion. But the cool thing about physiotype is that you can infer it from the static facial features, the way people walk, the way they talk. Uh, that's why physiotype is interesting to me. So let's say we pulled someone off the street and we typed them SFP. We wouldn't be able to say, oh, this person is vegan or this person loves rock climbing that those would be outlandish claims to make but we could i do like that you use those examples though because go on <laughs> <laughs> but we could assign a percentage of likelihood of those traits being attached to that sfp yes right and for sfps that percentage would be quite a bit higher <laughs> so i mean if, if you were to take i'm just making up these numbers right now don't quote me but if you were to take the entire human population and say 3% of humanity is vegan, you could then pull all of the SFPs in the population and probably say 30% of SFPs are vegan or something along those lines. Yeah, no, absolutely. And we don't know what that number is, but that's that's the point of physiotype. Um, so yeah, I, I think that kind of goes into like, we wanted to answer this question, what isn't physiotype? And that's what physiotypes not like. You, you you just can't predict what someone's going to do with physiotype. Um, you can predict averages. 
you can kind of, you know, make educated guesses, but it's it's not just like this this uh, magical ability. There's other things in life that allow you to predict people's behaviors better than physiotype do. Something that you hear a lot of people say is nature versus nurture. And they'll try to attribute behaviors or ways of thinking to nature or nurture. Where would you say physiotype fits? Oh, 100% nature. So we didn't, we haven't really addressed this, that because it's nature, it's immutable. That, that's the point of physiotype is people are born a physiotype. In fact, you can see the physical characteristics that we look for when we're trying to type someone, even in a newborn baby. Exactly. Like it's, it's possible to type someone at, you know, one year of age. This is an indication to us that there is definitely a genetic component here. This isn't something that develops as a person is raised. This is something that they're born with. These characteristics, these thought patterns are something that come even before the person's born. I would say it's 100% genetics. I mean, it's not a genetic component, it's 100%. There's your actual base type, I suppose. We usually weight people. We say, oh, this person has TI, this person has low TE. And those things, those things you can kind of control. Over decades, those things mold and, and they're malleable over decades. But your base type, it's like gender. <laughs> I don't know if, uh, I don't know if gender is a good example. Now, let me type. step back. Uh, your base type is like, you know what I'm trying to say. I do. I do. <laughs> Physiotype podcast canceled after first episode. <laughs> I, I think we understand. All right. Well, what do you think? Do you think that covers all of the base top level information a person would need to know what physiotype is? It covers it at an extremely high level. Yeah, like what it is. Do you think physiotype is a pseudoscience? Well, physiotype, I would say, is not quite yet a science because we don't have any published papers. For the traditional-minded and cynical listener, uh, this may sound like a bunch of um, hogwash, you know, um, and it's reasonable. But no scientific theory exists that wasn't at first someone's speculation you know like people notice things in nature they say huh i wonder if this is true and then they test it and verify whether it's true or not and so with physiotype we've been doing this for i think over five years now at least roughly five years yeah that's about we're still in that huh this is really interesting this seems true because neither of us are trust fund kids we both work and we have busy lives. I'm uneducated. Alex, Alex has gone to college. Anyways, we're not scientists and we're both busy and we work. So we have been in this, huh? I wonder if that's true zone for about five or six years. Um, but we've also been actually, we've been working on two or three different research projects for a couple years now. We're just very slow and unmotivated. Um, but the fact that some listeners may think this is a pseudoscience, that's completely fair. And we're not making any like really strong claims here. What we're saying is this definitely seems true to me and Alex, but the science is out. Um, but we, and we'll talk about this later, some of our research projects that we're working on very slowly. I suppose I'm just trying to let the listener know that me and Alex understand that you need to test things to um, come close to proving uh, hypotheses. And uh, we're aware of that. So uh, <laughs> we're also creative, generative people. So we're okay talking about things that we haven't yet proved. Do, do you think I explained this well there, Alex? Yeah, no, I think that's perfect. I think that's perfect. 
Alright, I can't claim that this is a science because I have no proof that this is a science. Basically. <laughs> yeah, and I think we'll definitely talk about some of our research projects. Um, hopefully this will lead to us getting a lot of subjects for those research projects. <laughs> I think more than anything, that's probably the biggest advantage to going public with this stuff now, as opposed to waiting for later, is the fact that when people know about it, they're way more willing to help. And, you know, to you, the listener, I'm sure there'll be ways for you to help in the future. Right now, though, we're still kind of on our feet trying to figure this all out for ourselves. Yeah, no, I think um, we've done our best to uh, explain at the very high level what physiotype is. And hopefully during the following podcast episodes, uh, people will get a better idea of exactly what it is. I can easily hear someone saying an argument of why would we want to base anything on MBTI when MBTI has been quote unquote proven to be unscientific. MBTI, at least in a general psychologist, general scientist mind, is very much a pseudoscience. So why would we even want to bother with MBTI? Well, I would say MBTI, well, what it stands for is Myers-Briggs Type Indicator. It really is talking about the test, the written test. So I, I would agree with those, those scientists and those skeptics that uh, MBTI has been debunked. Um, but that's because it's, that's because it's um, a self-administered test. You know, you might take the test this way one day, and you'll take it this way another day. Also, the fact that, as we've said, the effect sizes of physiotype or MBTI are, are very, very small. They're not extremely diagnostic. And so I think it's reasonable. Like, in a, in a way, they're right. But that doesn't mean that there isn't genetics that cause certain people to act certain ways. And there's common packages of genes that result in types. And we'll talk about this later on. It's scientifically proven. I, I mean, you, whatever, you can't prove science. You know what I mean. Um, there's uh, quite convincing scientific evidence and papers already that uh, static facial features um, can be used to infer behavior. So that would be my answer, I suppose. What do you, what do you think? I, I think that's good. I think an analogy that comes to mind immediately is, say, you know, we we had a geocentric model of the universe for so long where the earth was in the middle of the entire universe and the entire universe revolved around the earth if at that point in time someone had come along it was like this is false i have no alternative theory but this is false and here's the evidence why he would be correct but that shouldn't stop people from trying to find a more accurate model in which to use so even if MBTI isn't scientifically correct, even if MBTI doesn't have the predictive power that we wish it had, that doesn't mean we should just completely throw it away and should just stop looking at any possibilities that there are personality types or that personalities can be divided into eight or 16 different subtypes. I think you said it perfectly. I couldn't have said it better. Um, I completely agree. And I'll say this probably several times every podcast. All models are wrong. Some are useful. And I think physiotype <laughs> is wrong. And I also think it's useful. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. The same way you could say MBTI is wrong, but it's still useful. If it weren't useful in some sense, there wouldn't be the thousands upon thousands of people who subscribe to the, the ideas behind MBTI right now. Well, yeah. I somewhat agree. I mean, there's like, there's apophenia. People love seeing patterns where there are none. You know, like people, I mean, what about astrology? Like 
we could probably agree that astrology is completely uh, unscientific and not diagnostic at all. That's um, true. That's but true. Millions of people subscribe to astrology, so I don't. Think it's, I think MBTI has something for it, but I think the masses can be wrong at the same time. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. Okay. No, that's fair. I think that's a good analogy as well. If people have questions, if people have ideas, if people have feedback, if they loved what they heard, or if they absolutely hated it for some reason, uh, where can they reach us, Colby? We have a subreddit now. Physiotype. P-H-Y-S-I-O-T-Y-P-E. Physiotype. Awesome. All right. Well, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, guys, and I hope you enjoyed the show. As you know, this show is just starting out right now, so we'd appreciate it if you guys would leave a review telling us uh, how you think we did. Did you like the show? Did you hate the show? Let us know. You can post the reviews in on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is you listen to your podcast. All right, guys. Thank you. See you in the next one.